Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Turn to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 for me. Read this text quickly last week. I want to read it to you again. Said, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain upon the tables. It means tablets. As if we were going to have a piece of paper today. That they that read it may run with it. Or they that may run that readeth it. The Bible makes it clear that in the last days that the spirit of the Antichrist will be loosed. And how many people understand that he has been loosed? That we're fighting a spiritual battle along with the things that we face every day. And I want you to understand that as you can be seated, I I prayed. I want you to understand as we face these spiritual battles, that there are people that should be sitting on these church pews to hear it that aren't. And there are people in our families that, and, and, and people that we know and, and our co-workers that should be sitting in these church pews and that aren't. Well, pastor, that seems like it's pretty heavy this morning. It's heavy on the church. It's not just heavy on the pastor. It's heavy on the church. Because if you begin to realize that the, the family that you deal with every day and the co-workers that you deal with every day that don't know the Lord, we need to get back to the anguish of praying for our families and praying for our co-workers and having the vision to see them set on the church pew. Praying for our husbands and praying for our wives and praying for our grandparents and praying for our aunts and uncles. That is where the family becomes strong. It's called unity. Satan wants to break up unity. Even in the marriage, God put them together as one. And Satan wants to break up that unity. Because if he can break them apart, and if they're at opposing poles, I want you to understand that they will never be able to come together like God has asked them to. That's not even my message today. The Antichrist is roaming to and fro. Have you ever wondered why that you don't see the sinner run to the altar anymore? Have you ever wondered why that... that I mean, when I was a kid, I used to see, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, too, there's not going to be any fluff from me today. So if you came here from fluff, there's not going to be any. And I, I'm sorry for, you, for those people in the place. But when I was a kid, what I used to see is the sinner would come in the back door. And by the time they came in the back door, they were already crying. Their world had already been messed up. Do you know why? Because people sitting in the church pews were praying. And they would come in, and, and they were totally unexpected. They would not have darked the door, darkened the doors, Brian. And you would ask them, and they'd say, I'm not going in there. And my response to this, they, they, they used to say this all the time. If I went in there, that church would fall down around me. And let me tell you this. This is your response to those people. Don't give yourself that much credit. You're to what I say is you're telling me that God flung the stars out of his fingertips and he drew a line in the sand and told the water it could only go this far. And, and he looked at you and said, come to me. And you said no, and it's going to cause the church to fall in. You don't give yourself that much credit. Amen. 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 
but they would run to the altar and, 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 they, and they would sit in the back and, and, it, and they didn't really want to come up in front of people because it was embarrassing and it was hard on their pride and, and, and they would, all of a sudden it was almost like something moved them out of their church. Do you remember the day that you got saved? It was like something ushered you to the front and by the time you got there you didn't know why that you were there. Why is that not happening in the church today? I mean, come on with me, church. Let's get real with each other today. You know, we want to get real on Wednesday night, and you guys will say, well, this is my issue, and that's my issue. But on, on Sunday morning, just like I said a few minutes ago, I got up this morning, I put my fancy purple shirt on that my wife got me. And, and she got me this little napkin to go in my coat, and, and, and I put my coat on, and I was all excited because this is the cleanest I've been all week. And, and I get to church, and everybody says, oh, your hair looks good, and you smell good, and all that stuff. I'm going to tell you, looking good and smelling good is not going to get you to heaven. And as long as we're sitting on the church pew in the middle of these issues and problems, and we let them surround us, and we're too afraid to run to the altar and say, God, forgive me. I need you. I need salvation. Once again, touch me, Lord. Change my life. Transform who I am. Then you are going to stay the pretty little churchgoer with the purple shirt on. Amen? We need God. When, when the church realizes that we need God, that's when the community will be moved. Are you hearing me? That's when aunts and uncles will be moved. That's when your children that are unsaved will be moved. Oh, we do stupid things like, we, we do things like this. And oh, I just, I, I get so upset. Well, here we go. Pastor's going to be mean. You're absolutely right I'm going to be mean because you are blood-bought. They'll put something on Facebook and they'll have a cuss word in it and I'll say, excuse me, or I'll te text something on there what disappears. It's not okay as a believer of Christ to put something as simple as a cuss word on Facebook because what you're saying is, oh, I go to church, but I don't really believe in what I say I believe in because you represent Jesus Christ. You represent salvation. You represent truth. You rep it's not a fantasy. Lord, help me today. DemelJYahoo.com And so I don't know, I've gotten pages and pages of notes, but I don't know how this will go this morning. Because we need a vision. In order to, listen, what, what we do is we get real excited or somebody says something or they speak into our life and it causes us to change for a moment. But if, if it just causes us to change for just a moment and we go back to what we used to be, have we really changed? Amen. Listen. We're going to talk about Saul again today, but what is the difference in a good leader and a great leader? Have you ever asked yourself the question? Like, what causes people to follow some people, but they won't follow other people? So, let me give you an example. It's their vision. Now, a lot of times we come to church, and we sit on the church pew, and, and we, want, we want to cheer on the visionary. We want to say, God bless them. God move on them. Yes. And we want to see what God does through the visionary. And we're okay with that. But do you understand that God gave you your own vision? There's a story I heard many years ago. And it goes like this. It says that this man walked up to a group of bridge builders. And he went to the first one and he said, what you doing? And the guy said, uh, I'm pouring concrete. Hello. 
Oh, okay. He went to the next guy. Didn't phase him. He went to the next guy. He said, hey, what you doing? You ever seen kids like that? I was out on working on a car the other day. White comes out there. He leans against the car. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Crosses his feet. Crosses his arm. Says, what you doing? I said, uh, I'm working on the car. Need any help? I said, yeah, get me that screwdriver. He said, no, I mean real help. <laughs> Isn't that how people are? He goes to the next bridge builder, the third one. He says, what are you doing? The guy stops, lays down his equipment. He says, I'm a building a great cathedral. I'm building a suspension bridge that will connect humanity. People will be able to see the, the foul of the air, and they'll get to see the water, and they'll get to see all the beauty, and they'll get to drive across this bridge that I have the privilege of building. What's the difference in the three? The difference in the three is a good leader versus a great leader. A good leader will build. But when they're asked about why they're building, aren't you stupid? I'm building because without the bridge, I can't connect these two areas. But the visionary is totally different. The visionary explains, and he's excited to explain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so the, the visionary will begin to say, oh, this is what's going on, and that's going on. What is the visionary doing? He's making the people that will listen pregnant with the vision. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because when you make other people pregnant with the vision, their families will be saved. Their families will be transformed. Their lives will be different. Why? Because you have literally taken what you see and how you do things and imparted it into them. Jesus Christ came to make you pregnant with the vision. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now watch what he does because last week we saw that, that Saul had this reformation. He had this change. But we're going to see more this week about this guy named Saul. Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 9. I'm going to read it all to you. Don't play your, on your phone while I'm reading. Some of you really need this. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughterings against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of these, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? Boy, I told you last week, that, is, that, that, that question rings out. That question rings to the people in the church pew. We are sitting in the church pew, and God is coming to us with an encounter of his blessing, an encounter of his power, uh, uh, an encounter of his praise. And we are saying, Who are you? Hello? Saul thought that he was in the exact vision that God had for him. But when he had a real, a, a real collision with God, he had to ask, who are you? And listen to what is said. And the Lord said, now I want you to get this. And the Lord said, and the master controller said, that's what that word means. And the master controller said, what wilt thou have me to, or I'm, I'm sorry. And the master, and the Lord said, I am Jesus 
whom thou persecutest. I'm the one that you say that you love. I'm the one that you're talking about, but you've missed the boat. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're coming to church every Sunday. We're sitting on the church pew and, and we're hearing good songs and, and we're hearing, I hope, good preaching and, and we're doing all these things. But when we leave this place, that is the end of our foresight. We go out of this and we turn ourselves off. Come on with me today. Why in the world do we think that people that are all around us every day are going to go to heaven? Praise the Lord, Pastor. You don't have to praise him. I'll praise him for you. He's wonderful, mighty, holy, righteous. Yes, you're right on line with it. Preach, Pastor. We need to preach the word of God. We need to be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. Why are we not doing it? Why are we not doing it? It's a vision problem. You want the church to grow? You, well, Pastor, why are you always talking about vision and church growth? That's how people get saved. See, it's not so the church can spend $1,500 on inflatables. Because God knows we don't have it. Every council member in this room, raise your hand. Do you know that we don't have it? But boy, we're just putting out the inflatables like we own them ourselves. Right? And somehow, somewhere, some way, the money gets in the account. Why? Because God is moving us towards the vision. I want to make you pregnant with what God has for this little church called Renovate Life. I want it to be so, so much a part of you that wherever you go, it just falls out of you. Well, uh, hey, how you doing this morning? Well, I'll tell you right now, my pastor, he just preached the greatest message this morning. If you got a lie, go ahead. And, and, and I'll tell you right now that you need to be in the house of the Lord and you need to hear what God's saying and, and you need to let God move on you and you need to let God touch you. I'm telling you right now, God is moving on our church and the guys sat there thinking, all I did was ask how your day was. Well, don't you get it? I'm having a great day. I'm blessed and highly favored. I text people at our church. They'll say, how you doing today? I say, what? BHF. People text me and say, What? I'm blessed. See, I, I, I want to be like the kids. Everything's an acronym. They'll say, what? I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. Every day, all day. Some of my people in our leadership will text, more than I deserve. Huh? Aren't, you, aren't you blessed every day? I don't care what is going on in your life. I don't care how broken down you are. I don't care how messed up you are. You are blessed and highly favored every day, all day, because you know the Lord. He is holy, righteous, miraculous, wonderful. And if you want something done in your life, you get serious with him. Hmm, boy. Now watch. I don't think I made it to the end. Now, and the Lord said, I'm Jesus who thou persecutest. Is it hard for thee to kick against the pricks? And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told of thee. Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told of thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the earth. And when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. 
Now, this is the, what I said to you last week. All of the sudden, out of nowhere, Saul was exposed to the real situation. See, we create situations in our life because we can't handle the truth. The reason that, that people don't come to the house of God is because they can't handle the truth. There's a movie, I don't remember the movie, but the guy says this, you can't handle the truth. Do you remember the movie? A few good men, that's right. You can't handle the truth. Now, let me give you the quick storyline of the movie. There's a lawyer that puts this general on the stand, right? And this general is just the most arrogant thing you've ever seen. Because he believes in what he's doing so much so that he feels like he's above the law. Right? And the lawyer has to get him through his pride and arrogance to prove that he's above the law. There are so many of us sitting on the church pew right at the edge of what God wants to do. He wants to transform your life. But instead we feel like we're above the Christ. We feel like that we can do it. I don't need you, Lord. I'm above the law. Because the truth is, we can't handle the truth. The truth is, we can't be pregnant with the vision because we don't want to get rid of what's inside of us. And listen, there's only so much space inside of you. You can either be pregnant with what God has, or you can be pregnant with your own destiny. Your own destiny will lead to destruction. It'll lead to brokenness. It'll lead to you being weak. It'll lead to you being broken. And then you're going to sit there and wonder why. It's the tendency of man to fall backwards, even if you know the Lord. And so, Paul, so Saul was exposed to his situation. Now, I told you last week, and you're going to hear some things more than once. Saul should not be confused with Paul, and I'm going to give you the definition of reasons why. But Paul is the transformed version of the same man. When Jesus Christ transforms you, he changes your name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Before I come to know the Lord, I was Jim Bob. But when you know the Lord, he raises you up. Now they call me pastor. Are you following me? Now sometimes I get Pastor Jim Bob. Do you know why? Because I'm the transformed version of the same man. And so God wants to remind me, there's nothing good in you without me. There's no need to boast. There's no need to be proud. There's no need to get excited about your talent and ability because the only thing good in you is me. Come on with me today. Now watch what we find about, and, and this, I, I, this is revolutionary to me. The Bible tells us some of the background about Saul. The Bible tells us that Saul grew up as a Pharisee. He wasn't a Sadducee because he wasn't sad, you see. Never mind. It was hard to break down his religious condition because he was a Pharisee. He, he, he knew the religious background. He knew theology. Pharisees are steeped in theology. They study each word of the Bible and they try to find out how it exists for them. And then they use it as law. You can't live by law. Let me give you an example. Is anybody in here, and I'd like to show a raise of hands, has anybody in here had a traffic ticket? Somebody just said, oh, yeah. 
that means he might have like three, four, or five. Okay? So just about everybody in this place has a traffic ticket, but it's the law, right? So why, if you know the law, why would you break the law? Because nobody can live under the law, right? Okay, so let's, let's keep going. He grew up as a, a, a Pharisee, and he was steeped in theology. He had a religious condition. Boy, that'll preach. I need to make a note, religious condition, and just preach a whole series on it. But let me show you what the name Saul means. It's one word. Asked. A-S-K-E-D. Well, that makes no sense. Until you find out what Paul means. So the Hebrew origin of the word and the Jewish meaning of Saul means to ask or to be asked. But when Jesus met with him and the Bible says shown him a light. We need the light today. All of a sudden, his name changed, and he becomes Paul. Name Paul in the original translation is to pause or to stop. To restrain oneself by stopping. So by changing his name, he went from asking to taking a moment. What I want you to understand is it was designed through the vision of God for Paul, for Saul to become Paul. And so, because God is so extraordinary, he stopped him right in his tracks. He stopped him at what he thought he knew to be the best thing to do. He stopped him with letters to kill the church. God stopped him right there. And at that time, he was asking a question. Saul didn't know who he was. He thought that he was supposed to slaughter this church because why are they coming against the Pharisees and Sadducees? Watch. Why are they coming against the religious organization of the day? And all of a sudden, boom, a light hits him. And he goes from asking questions that cannot be answered to stopping to look where he was at. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, in order for things to get better, they first have to get worse. Has anybody ever experienced that? So, one time, I don't even know why I'm telling you this, but I'm going to. One time, a long time ago, me and Kate, I made $400 a month. Kate was in school. Actually, $98 a week was my paycheck. No, that I can tell you right now, you can just look at me and realize that $400 don't even feed me. But I had my wife and I had a baby, okay? Now, we needed money. And so I told Kate, I said, don't pay our tithes. She said, excuse me, because we'd always paid our tithes faithfully. Don't pay our tithes. She said this, well, uh, okay, I'm just going to put it right here in this pocket of my purse. Woman, are you not understanding what I'm saying to you? Don't pay our tithe, though. Do you get it? Okay. So, the next day I jump up for work and I had a nice new fancy car. Leather interior, love that thing. If I could still drive it to this day, I would drive it. Faithful Toyota Solaire. Had me a sunroof beep and it would slide all the way back. Oh, I was... I was Hot stuff when I was 20. I don't know what's happened to me. 
And so I get to drive into work about 6 a.m. in the morning. Kate gets up about the same time I do. She left a little later than I did at that time, and she calls me. Hey, the washer don't work. We'll get it when we get home, don't worry. Okay. I'm driving all the work, all, all the way to work, and I get there, and I work a 12-hour shift, and I go out, and I stick the key in the brand-new car, and I turn it over, and guess what? It don't start. Hmm. Have to call the record service to come get me because I'm having all these issues and problems. And I had way more problems than that. And we get finally get home. The guy says, it's the battery. And he fixes it. But what you don't know is that it didn't start the next morning either. And so then she calls me the next day because I had this old beat up Toyota pickup truck. I mean that thing. I loved it. But it didn't have fender wells. The bed was rusted completely off of it. It had like 379,000 miles, and I, I had to borrow the money from my mom and dad to buy it. And when my mom saw it, she said, I paid for that? And I was like, yes, isn't it amazing? Didn't have floorboards, didn't have nothing in it. You could drive through the, the four-wheel drive, worked in it, baby, and we'd go mudding. It barely had a window, and it was cracked. I get in the, the, the big Toyota to go to work. And I get all the way to the work, and I had tried to fix the bed. And, and anybody that knows me knows that I'm definitely not a mechanic. And so I put, this, I put this epoxy on the back of the bed to make it look like it had fender rails. And I'm driving, and they fall off. But they don't just fall off. They fall off under the tires. And so I'm trying to drive down the road, and my car's going at an angle. And this guy pulls up on the side of the road, and his wife's beating on the window going like this. And I'm like, what in the world's going on with him? Because I'm sputtering down the road sideways, getting to work. And I stop and have to rip these big things off that I put on there. Right? With fiberglass and cardboard. Never mind. <laughs> and so I get to the off, or I get to work. I worked at the emergency department then. I pull in. Everybody's looking at me like, where's your fancy car? And I get out all excited. Hey, fancy car broke down, but don't you worry. Praise his holy name. Look, I got the old, I got the odor. And I go into work, and I work a 12-hour shift, and I come out. Pastor, why are you telling this big, long story? Just wait with me a minute. I start the old reliable piece of junk. Guess what? It don't start. Kate calls me on the way home from work. Hey, just want to let you know we don't have a dryer. Okay. Now, this is all over $40, by the way. Did you miss that in the beginning? So I get home. She starts to make dinner, and guess what she says? This stuff seems hot. What, 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 do, you, what, what do you mean, stuff moves? Well, I put some hamburger in here, and, and, and we're going to make some chili, but the, it, all this stuff in the refrigerator seems hot. She goes, let me have, get the milk, and she pours the milk out, and it, it, it looks like uh, paste. And so then we open the freezer, and there's, you know how you get like little crustaceans of ice on the freezer? There's nothing there. And so, of course, you know, I pull the, you know, because I'm very mechanically inclined, I pull the refrigerator out, and I take the back off of it, and guess what I do? I get in there and I fix it. No, I stand there and look at it. You know why? Because I have no idea how to fix a refrigerator. <laughs> but I think if I take those bolts off the back, 
it might just suddenly come to me. So I pull it out, I take the back off, and I watch it for about 20 minutes. And I look real intently because I don't want her to know that I don't know what I'm doing. And she said, can you fix it? And I was like, just give me a minute. And I'm looking at foreign objects, like that they've just been spit out of a UFO. Right? So within a matter of one week, to recap, I have no vehicles, I have no washer and dryer, I have no refrigerator. We go to church. Oh, best place to be, you know, praise his holy name, it doesn't matter. I got my three-piece suit on with my tie and my cufflinks. I walk into the church and I'm standing in the back just a smiling away. Sound like anybody in the house? Kate says this. Now, you talk about being irate in the back of the church. I think we should pay our tithes. What? Are you serious right now? And so I recapped the whole story to her in about 4.5 seconds. And she goes like this. I know. I, I know. No, you ain't paying. And she goes, I stuck it in my little pocket. She got this pocket in the side of her purse. Listen, there, God has these things. When you're down to nothing, he's up to something. Well, my wife has this thing. When you're down to nothing, look in the side pocket. Because she's up to something. Right? And so, she says, I'm going to go ahead and put it in an envelope. Oh, he's jerking around. People would come by. We're, we're about where Martian Dave was. Oh, he's furious. They'd come by. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Now, I'm, I'm being real with you today because our vision has to supersede our situation, okay? So she starts crying. I'm mad. Oh, worship that day was just amazing. You, you know what I'm saying? When you're the most broken, it seems that God is the most sweet. And I stood right there, tears rolling down my face. I wasn't going to get... Lifted my hand. You got to do better than that. And it hit me all of a sudden. He did. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.